Welcome to Live and Love Your Brand, a podcast to support you in sharing your message and mission with the world. I'm your host, Emma Lovell. I'm lovely by name, lovely by nature. I'm a personal branding specialist with a mission to support female entrepreneurs to live and love their brand. I've been running my business, Lovely Communications, for more than 12 years, and I can hand on heart say that my success has come from the strength of my personal brand. I believe in the power of owning and sharing our story. I want to help you own your story, shop consistently, and really put yourself out there. So here on the podcast, you'll find helpful tips, practical exercises, and joyful discussions that will inspire you to reconnect with your brand and communicate it more effectively. I'll be joined by incredible experts to discuss how personal branding can have a huge impact on your business and on your life. I'd love to hear from you, so please make sure to connect over on social media. You can find me on Instagram at lovelycoms, that's L-O-V-E-L-L-Y, double the L means double the life, Facebook, Lovely Communications, and you can join in the conversation in our lovely community, the Live and Love Your Brand Facebook group. Of course, make sure to come back weekly as each new episode drops. I can't wait to share with you how to gain clarity, build confidence, and increase connections all by sharing your unique personal brand with the world. Lovely Communications is based on the Gold Coast and recognises Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first peoples of this place, now known as Australia. We are grateful for the continuing care of the lands, waterways and skies where we work, live, listen, learn and play. From here on your Gumbe country and from wherever you are listening, we respect the elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to the Live and Love Your Brand podcast. I am your host, Emma Lovell, as I said before, but I do like to say my name again and remind people that it is good to say your name. Today, I am excited to introduce the fabulous Dee Balls or Deanne Balls, uh, but Dee, we call her, and she is from InSync Workplace Solutions. She's the founder and chief enabling officer. And she also runs your virtual advisory board. She's an entrepreneur. She's focused on leadership. She's all about people, safety, and culture. And she's an incredible, incredible go-getter. But one of the things we're also talking about today is her upcoming summit, the Great Game of People Summit in April 2023, which I will be speaking at about personal brand. And Dee and I just talk about in this episode, her journey and how she got to be doing what she's doing uh, after starting from a very different place and how she's so focused on people and what the great game of people means. So please do join us and just, uh, we could have talked all day, but enjoy this episode. Welcome to the podcast, D Balls. Hi, Emma. It's great to be here. Thanks for um for asking me. I'm so excited. We have some wonderful things coming up, but I, even though I've done a little intro, I do love to put people on the spot and ask you, who are you in your words? Gosh, this is the question I always hate. It's so funny. Sometimes I don't even know who I am myself, I think. But um, obviously, um, you know, my name's Dee. Um, 
Deanne's my full name, but I only get that from my mum if I'm in trouble. So um, that's fine. Um, I am the founder and um, and chief enabling officer. And I use that word chief enabling officer as opposed to CEO because I think it's more my role is about enabling people, not about, um, you know, yes, it's about leading the business, um, all of those kind of things as well. But it's really about enabling people. So that's why I've switched to the term chief enabling officer as well um, of InSync Workplace Solutions. Um, I also have um, another business, your virtual advisory board. And um, this year we're launching a couple of exciting products as well, which um, I know we're going to talk about in this session. One of them is actually the great game of people too. So, but we'll talk about that later. Um, who am I? I, gosh, who am I? I really don't know. <laughs> I started, I have a really diverse background and so many people sort of say to me, how did you go from where you started your career to where you are now? Um, I actually started my career in the police. I was a police officer for 12 years um, before working or switching and going into work health and safety. And I kind of fell into that as well because I had no idea about work health and safety at the time. The police weren't very work health and safety conscious back then. They've certainly changed now. Um, but I worked in crash investigations, so mm -hmm. doing serious injury, fatality investigations. And at the time, there was a lot of heavy vehicle crashes in New South Wales, up the mid-north coast and fatalities mm. there. And the coroner actually deemed them to be a workplace. And because they were a workplace fatality, then it became um, the jurisdiction of, of well, it's now WorkSafe um, New South Wales to investigate. So they didn't have the resources. So I actually went across um, to there and started setting up systems and processes there into agency agreements, help them write the driver fatigue legislation, investigate all of the, the truck crashes as well. And so while I was there, I started sort of getting a little bit curious and going, so what's this OH&S stuff? Mm. And, um, and then obviously started getting interested in that because in the police, I attended lots of workplace fatalities or serious injury incidents as well. Um, so one of the things I've learned over the years is I have a very curious mind and it's, you know, when I start thinking about things and something interests me and then I want to find out more about it and why things work like that or why did that happen as well. So I was at work cover for about five years and then got headhunted by Qantas and um, actually went to Qantas as their head of safety in their line maintenance engineering department, wow. looking after all of the Australian ports, Los Angeles, London and Singapore as well, So, which is fantastic. So lots of travelling around the world um, until the GFC hit and then like a lot of roles, um, health and safety, HR, any support roles were were made redundant. So then I actually went into the mining sector, um, gas infrastructure, and that as the GM of uh, safety and um, education or training in the business. And I was there for about three years until I convinced my horrible boss at the time who had just come into the organisation that he didn't need me anymore and, <laughs> and orchestrated a redundancy, which was the best thing I ever did. And that's when I started up the business. So... Mm. I guess the reason I started the business as well is because I'd sort of gone through these different steps in my career where I'd seen so many things were reactive um, and I guess I saw the opportunity as well to be a lot more proactive and to help organisations before they get to that point where, you know, someone was either seriously injured or killed at work. Mm. Um, the business has morphed incredibly over the past 11 years, which has been really exciting as well. And I think, again, a lot of that has been because of my curiosity as well. Um, you know, when I think back to when I was 
you know, in the police, when I was at work cover as well, um, all of my skills throughout my career have been transferable. So everything I've done has enabled me to take the next step as well. So even when you look at it and go, how did you go from the police to running a consulting business um, now, it's all those transferable skills. But one of the things that really interested me is obviously um, people and their behaviours and what, how, you know, why did they make the decisions they made? Why did they put themselves in situations? Why do people respond differently to incidents as well? Um, so I started studying psychology. Psychology led me down the neuroscience path and I've since become an absolute neuroscience nerd. Um, I love understanding how the brain works and obviously how that sort of impacts behaviour, you know, how we do take in different information. So if I even relate that back to when I was at school, I thought I was the worst student. I was a bad student. I spent more time, I think, outside the classroom than inside the classroom. And I thought it was me and I just thought I was a bad learner. That's why I joined the police as well, because I didn't want to go to uni because I hated school so much. And now I guess what it's taught me, what my studies have taught me now and the neuroscience is, it wasn't that I was a bad learner. It just didn't make sense to me how I was being taught at the mm. time either. And it didn't give me my why. So yeah. it's um, now, you know, I think I'm a lifelong learner now. And that's because I understand my why. And then if I understand my why and things make sense to me, you know, I, I'm passionate about it. I want to learn more. I'm curious as well. So in a nutshell, who am I? And I've been doing this uh, a little bit of work around this. I guess I'm a curious leader of people and I guess an implementer of change, I would describe that. And mm. one of my passions at the moment is to just disrupt the way that we do everything people safety and culture related in businesses because what I find so often we focus on systems and processes that don't actually work with the way people's brains work so for me it's about teaching people how, you know a little bit about how the human brain works and then with that how can they actually integrate what they do and have these integrated employee experiences and not have all these little siloed areas in the business that just overwhelm the brain as well. So long-winded answer. No, I love it. You really took us on a journey <laughs> and there was a lot, a lot of nodding on my heart, a lot of listening on my part, but I just I love that you talked about the transferable skills because I think sometimes yeah. for people it can be um, such a like shake them to their core when the role that they were doing like no longer applies and like I have no transferable skills and it's like when you break down don't get so caught on the role because if you're like police officer then yeah, yeah. you'd be like I'm, I'm the police I'm the police I'm the police yeah. how could you see that but it was like no well, what was I doing exactly in the police? or who was I working with, working with. and you and that's where people don't realize as well like they do and so many of my coaching clients that I work with do that and I do a lot of um career transition coaching as well mm. and um, and outplacement coaching, and a lot of them do. They go, oh, but I was just, you know, a police officer. I was just this. But for me as well, and I used to think that too, and now I look and go, you know, police taught me how to investigate, but to investigate you have to be a good listener, um, you know, so you've got those listening skills. You have to be a good questioner or interviewer. So, um, you know, thinking about that you're a good negotiator, you learn negotiation skills, you learn influencing skills because mm. when you're trying to, you know, it might be a drunk at the pub on a Friday night and you're trying to influence them to 
not fight and like leave. And there's all of these things that people I do think get hung up on, but this is what I do. And they don't look at that as well. And all the skills that they've developed from that. Um, so I just look and go, you know, even when I'm, I'm coaching clients who are looking at career transition and a lot of times, and especially women, I find as well, they'll look at a job description and go, oh, I only have yeah, you know, mm. what's in there. And for me, again, it's pulling that out and going, well, don't focus on that because a lot of times organisations don't know what they really want either and their position it's description just is just like, like, oh, whatever. All this. Sure. Looks good, but we don't really know what it is. And so I always say to everyone as well, you know, just look at the job, look at the company. If it's someone that you want to work for, even if you don't have what they've got written there, it's like, I don't have this. However, I have this. And I think this would benefit you by X, Y, Z. And I think that's something that people, we do, we get, like you said, we just get so focused on what I do, but not how I do it. And the role title. And I think that's such an issue for younger people, um, people in university, like, you don't even know the jobs that are out there in the world. Like you basically it's like accountant, lawyer, police officer, hairdresser, you know, even I wanted to be working advertising, like the, even just to go to work for an agency or to work in house, that's completely different experience. And then when I went and actually did that subject, I was like, oh no, I like, I'm more like the marketing stuff. I'm more the promotion side. Or even then I ended up going to a completely different uh, department, which is communication. And it was like, oh, I didn't even know this like was a thing. And we see the stereotypes in in TV shows and things like that. But there would be so many titles and jobs that you would not even believe were there. And one of my girlfriends was working in fashion and then ended up wanted to work for -for not-for-profit. So we thought she would work for a fashion not-for-profit. She did do a bit of work with one but didn't work out because of the nature of that industry. She realised she wanted to get out of that industry. But in her, she does so much good for -for not-for-profits and and volunteering. So she started, uh, left a job started volunteering at the guide dogs yeah. they all went oh you're actually pretty good at like spreadsheets and stuff and ended up getting an IT job <laughs> she's like what because she was pretty good at computers yeah and then now she's working you know left guide dogs which was great yeah. like tick all the boxes but got had that time now she works in like IT like I know and you're like what and- I know and I love that people do that as well and it is I think you know so many times too and I think back to like my mum and dad and my dad in particular was like you know you go into a job or a career and you stay there forever Mm. like it was just that was what was kind of ingrained into you now we have so many opportunities as well and you know if I even look at how my business has evolved like when I started it we started as a work health and safety and HR consulting business so it was the stock standard um, you know consulting and then a couple of my clients I remember one client in particular who I went in to do some health and safety I think we were doing some auditing writing some policies and procedures for them and then they were like, can you develop our global leadership program? And I'm like, you know, that's not my area of expertise, don't you? And they're like, yeah, we know, but we just love your attitude. Um, we love working with you and we think you can do it. And I always have Richard Branson's quote sort of sitting in the back of my head. It's like, say yes, and then work out how to do it later. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it was like, I went, okay, if you think I can do it, I'll give it a go. And so... Again, with that, I kind of went, I walked out and went, shit, how do I do this now? What what have I agreed to and what am I doing? So I went, right. So again, it was like starting to do the research, learning, um, and I taught myself so many things as well. Like I taught myself how to, you know, write training 
programs. I taught myself how to do all this kind of stuff. And it was amazing because they believed in me and believed that I could do it. And I could actually do it. They challenged me and it really stretched me, but I loved doing it as well. And so from that then, we obviously, they then referred us to other people. So then we had other companies coming to us going, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? So then it really started to flip into more of a training um, organization as well, still doing some of the consulting in the background as well. And then, you know, someone else would say, hey, can you help us with this? So it was like, okay. And I think because a lot of our work has always been referrals and word of mouth, and I think that's why it's grown as well, which we've been really, really fortunate with. So when I look at the business where it is now compared to when I started 11 years ago, it's just evolved so much. And it hasn't been linear and it hasn't, you know, some of it people look and just go, wow, that's kind of, it's like an octopus, Nelly. It's grown all these different legs. Um, but it's just been amazing. And I think, again, even in, you know, like your friend, it was like you start in one thing and you start to get pigeonholed into that by Mm. some people and then someone will see something in you and just go I think you can do this and then you just go off in a completely different path but you're being Um, open to that too like that's really that entrepreneurial spirit but also like and that growth mindset yeah growth mindset that growth mindset hey I can actually do this and you know I remember reading like if I look back a couple of months ago we were packing up we were moving house and packing boxes up and I found my old school report cards that my mum had kept for me. <laughs> if I look back at my school report cards, right through school, and I had an older sister who was the the perfect student, the brains of the family, um, and I look at my report cards and they were like, why isn't she more like her sister? Um, mm. She is talkative, disruptive, makes minimal effort in class, um, all of these different things. I laugh now when I look at them, though, because I went, yeah, I am talkative. I love to have a chat. And I think that's great because what I do is with people. So we like that connection. We like to chat. Yes, I'm disruptive because I look at things and go, just because that's how we've done it for years, why do we keep doing that? You know, the definition, definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. But I see that in organizations so much. So it's like, for me, it is an asset. So Mm. exactly. And even the minimal effort, because what I do as well when I go into organisations is that how can we streamline things to make it easier for people? Because I know how the brain works and I know it's got limitations. And so we need to streamline things. So we need to actually have it so people have to use the least amount of energy to do what they have to do. Mm. So I I love that. My report cards from like um, many, many years ago, actually nailed who I am today well it's meant to be and I love that they were could be positioned as a criticism and it's just that then you can frame it differently and it's a lot of the work that I do with people it's like you know they might say the word like hard working and I'm like okay yes you could be but could we instead maybe say driven or determined or like you know disruptor is now a positive word as opposed to disruptive which and disruptive can be positioned depends how you use in sentence but saying yeah. You are disruptive. Um, yes, would have been a criticism. And like you say, I mean, mine always said talks too much or talks a lot. And it's like, um, yep. I literally get paid to talk now. So exactly. Exactly. Uh, thank you. But yeah, yeah, it's I love the way that things have changed both in schools and are changing in workplaces. And it's thanks to people like you because you know, people are different. We are different. Yeah. And and it should be that the uniqueness and that different way of functioning 
And if we all come together, you know, we can work very mm. harmoniously and you don't want 20 of the same people. No. Um, I, I definitely certainly do not want any more of me in my business. No. <laughs> we do no, not need I'm exactly the same. It do would not be... need that. No. No. <laughs> I need people who compliment me or who plug the gaps. Um, I would love them to have the energy of me. Uh, that yeah. is good. The enthusiasm of me, um, but certainly not to do the things that I do because I should be doing the things that I do and they can do the things that I am not so good at. And, and that's something I spend a lot of time with leaders in organisations working with as well because I think sometimes, and I do see it a fair bit where people go into leadership roles and then suddenly, and they'll have a team of amazing people under them who have who really complement them, but suddenly they go into a fear state as well and start thinking that these people are going to come in and take their job as well. Mm. And it's really interesting when you watch that too because I think, you know, I'm like you. I don't want to have someone else. Like I don't want to have 10 of me in my business because it would drive me insane for a <laughs> start because I think I drive myself insane sometimes. But it's like it's about, and it's a bit of that self-awareness and it's a bit of that emotional intelligence as well as understanding you know, being aware of your strengths, you know, and and I hate the word weaknesses because I don't think they're weaknesses. So I usually just focus on they're our strengths. These are things we're not so great at. Mm. Um, and then that's where we bring those people in to support as well. But we've got to trust them too. And I think there's very much, you know, one of the things I'm seeing in a lot of organisations, and, and I don't know if it's COVID-driven, certainly the workplace has changed a lot since COVID in terms of, it's become more accepting of how people work and that people do have a life outside of work that, um, you know, people do have things happening in their lives. So I love that one of the things that I think a lot of organisations have embraced with COVID is about understanding that whole person as well and, you know, that they need to be more accepting of that, which is great. But one of the things I find too is a lot of times in organisations, and they don't even realise that, but most people are operating in a fear state. So they're constantly in the back of their brain. Like if you think about how our brain works, that natural default is to the negative. So people are constantly operating from back here in sort of the amygdala, the back part of the brain. We want them to work here though because mm. that in the prefrontal cortex is where they're creative. It's where their thinking comes from, their decision-making, their problem-solving. And I think you do see that when you have a lot of managers or people in the business, if there's that conflict in the team or that uncertainty, they just default to that and that's where you start to see it. So, you know, having different people and embracing that and just really playing to everyone's strengths, you know, it makes such a high-performing team. Yeah. But it enables everyone to work in flow all the time as well, which that's when they're going to be at their happiest, their most productive, all of that kind of stuff as well. And as a leader, yeah. it's recognising that your strength is identifying the strength, like yeah. to see, to recognise talent and to to nurture and encourage and exactly. yeah and it, and you can have that you can still have that feeling of and I know um Denise Duffield Thomas talked about how for a long time she resisted bringing in a community manager because she was like yeah. oh what if they like her more than me and it's like yeah. this was yeah. a millionaire funds a great yeah. business and still thinks like that but it was so great that she said yeah. that because then it's like okay if I think that it's okay to think that yeah. It's okay to feel that and then to go okay well yes that's my fear or that's my I acknowledge that um, but what is going to be best for my organization or what's going to be best for the team or what's going to be best exactly. for me is to, you know, and part of being a leader is letting go and surrendering too. And it is. And I know, think that's something that I myself have struggled with, even with the business, 
when I've brought in staff as well and we've grown, I'm a control freak. So for me, suddenly, you know, no one can do the job as good as me. Or so I thought, I think some people can probably do it better than me, but it's, um, you know, it is very much that you do have to sit back sometimes and let things go and, and accept as well that people may not do it the same as you, Mm. but that's okay. Because we need to look at things from different lenses as well. And I think, again, it's that embracing that difference as well. It's embracing that sort of diversity in thought and letting go. And sometimes you have to let go. Done is better than perfect. It's, yeah. Yeah, we need to get it done. And, yeah, you could hold on to it and hold on to it. And, I mean, it's not going to be perfect anyway. So I'd rather get it done and get it out the door and... And that's the thing, and I think I even laugh sometimes, Like, and I used to do this myself as well when I'd be writing sort of, you know, documents for companies, policies, procedures, anything like that. You would spend so much time procrastinating and checking and double-checking. Nine times out of ten, no one reads them anyway, or if they do, they skim. <laughs> and so if you've got a spelling mistake, if you've got a, you know, obviously you're not going to give something over with like spelling mistakes, or but our brain doesn't even pick it up most of the time. Either. You need someone else so to look at it. Just, skim Mm. so I think sometimes we do we spend so much time procrastinating um trying to get perfection but is there anything that's ever perfect no no and you got to do the do so yeah exactly we are going to be uh, working together soon, which is so exciting yeah. because you have created this amazing event. It's called yeah. the Great Game of People Summit, and yeah. you've brought in a bunch of um, speakers, which I'm honoured to be one of. And so, just tell us a little bit about this this event, how it started, and and what or why. Yeah. So the Great Game of People is it's an idea I've had for a few years now, but obviously COVID kind of put things on hold as well. And again, I guess it's a bit about where I'd seen it or where I got the idea from is obviously working with organizations over the years, right back from, you know, early on in my career through to having the business as well, is that so often in businesses, we have that very siloed approach to everything that we do. Um, and it's very you know, when we think about even from a HR perspective, it's very transactional and looking at people. And again, I guess that understanding of how people work and if we want to build high performing teams, it's about, you know, changing the way that we do things as well. So I'd started playing with the idea during COVID. It was like, how can we actually start giving people what they need to actually thrive in a business as well? And so um, after many Reiterations. We come up with um with the great game. Originally, we called it People Safety and Culture Redefined, because it was about redefining all of those elements. And then, you know, as we've started mapping it out, it's really about people. And it's kind of you know, it's like anything these days. It's it's nearly like a game. You know, there's some awesome. You know, there's the books out there, Great Game of Business, and all of these other things as well. And this really is the great game of people. We want to have something, or what I wanted to do, and what the the goal of this um, the summit is, is to just redefine how we we deal with people in the business and how we work with people and how we can set people up for success as well. So, um, you know, we're kind of with it. We're looking at building communities and not just the communities, I guess, for the people that are coming so they can go back into their workplace and build those communities. This, the attendees, it's about building that community as well because sometimes we feel alone in business or in, you know, even if we're in all big organisations and are not sure, like, what do we do? This is not working. How do we get here? So 
it's kind of twofold, I guess, this event. It's about building a community of through the delegates that are coming, but also teaching them or helping them build those community cultures in their organisations and having those integrated employee experiences. So what is how are we going to lift our employees to give them the tools they need to absolutely thrive? And, you know, we know that when people thrive, business thrives as well. And so I know I've had a few people sort of say to me, they're going, oh, but how does like marketing fit with HR? Because again, people look at things very much from that HR lens when they're looking at managing people. So when you look at our amazing speakers that we've got, including yourself, you know, we've got Holly Ransom, who's obviously a leadership guru, um, absolutely amazing, is going to be, um, you know, facilitating a workshop on high building high-performing cultures through leadership. We've got Chelsea Pottinger, who Chelsea is, you know, an absolute superstar in terms of that mental well-being as well Mm -hmm. because we know that for people to perform at their best, they have to be mentally and physically well. We've got Shelley Horton and and Dr Ginny Mansberg coming in to talk about menopause and perimenopause, and some people have said sort of said to me, why would you have that at an event like this? But the impact that has on not just women, Mm on the men that they're working with as well and on mm. the business. So, again, it's about educating people and understanding. When we're dealing with people, we have all of these different elements coming to it as well. So how can we support them? Um, you know, we've got Nikki Richmond, who's a neurodiversity consultant, and Nikki is amazing. So you look at the stats and I think it's 10% of the world's CEOs identify as neurodivergent and that's mm. identified as probably a lot more that don't identify. You know, there's about 30% of the population worldwide um, or workforces that are, again, identifying as neurodivergent. So I think a lot of things, we talk about diversity and inclusion, but we talk about it in the, again, the traditional diversity and inclusion around, you know, age, race, culture, Gender. all of those things mm. and not about, you know, bringing those other other elements into it and you know the reality is a lot of adults are getting diagnosed with ADHD and things like that these days so how can a workplace actually support them better because they're absolutely amazing talented people but again we need to look at how we actually support them as well um, you know, and then even when we look at, you know, we've got yourself coming in talking about personal branding and so many people have said to me, why would we worry about personal branding for our people in the business? Because, mm. you know, if we build their brand, then they're going to believe us. And again, it's a little bit like the Richard Branson quote. And I know you and I have spoken about this a lot. It's yes. Treat the them well enough so they can leave, treat them well enough so they don't. And if you've got someone, and I know you're going to talk so much more about <laughs> I think it's absolutely amazing. But by helping people build their personal brand, they are your biggest brand ambassadors. They are your biggest advocates for your business. So whether they're out there talking to their friends or their families or their connections about what an amazing company they work for, you're lifting their profile on LinkedIn, people are starting to see them. Yes, they see that person. Then they see that they're attached to you as well. So by building their personal brand and, and supporting that and giving them the tools to do it, um, it's elevating your brand as well as an organisation. You know, so many organisations are struggling with recruitment at the moment because it's just, you know, it's kind of, a, I guess, that byproduct of COVID, but where did everyone go? It's, you know, <laughs> so, many, so many people um, are really, or organisations across all industries are struggling to get staff. If you've got people out there, your people telling their friends, telling their connections, telling whoever about what an awesome company it is, 
suddenly you're even flipping the lid on recruitment. You're not going out. People coming to you. You've got people Mm. coming to you, people wanting to work with you. And And people work with people. Like that's the biggest thing. People People, people. people work with people they like, they trust, and and brands they do as well. And, you know, it was really interesting. I had a conversation with a business strategist last weekend and we were talking about this very topic and he was saying the same thing. He said, you know, if you talk to someone from Apple and you say, what do you do? They say, I work for Apple. So they always lead with brand and then themselves. Whereas you'll talk to people from other organisations, and I used to do this, they say, what do you do? I'm in sales or, you know, I'm a hairdresser or I'm this, I'm that. Again, they talk to their job, not to the brand. Mm -hmm. And so I think, again, by building them up with that personal brand, I think so many organisations are scared of it. Yes, but it is a risk. Yeah, it's such an asset to the individual and the brand as well. And even with that, like, you know, and I guess, you know, you're obviously going to talk about personal branding and then we have, you know, Jane Hilston coming in with marketing and, again, Jane's an awesome marketer and people have gone, well, why marketing in this? Again, it doesn't make sense. Absolutely does because it's about building that employee value proposition as well. So Jane is actually, you know, dovetailing into the piece about personal branding where it's about having your people there as that you know again they're the face of your brand there's the face of your business um and they should understand the marketing because the marketing is the only arm of the business that actually speaks to your audience yes and so but so many people like oh marketing's over there and it's like well if marketing doesn't understand what you do in your role and you don't understand what marketing is going out and saying about the organization then there's gonna be a misalignment Exactly. And again, this is, I guess, a bit of that disrupting the way things are done in business and stopping things from being siloed in organisations because Mm. it is the impact is significant. And I've worked with a lot of, um, you know, big global companies to, you know, small, medium-sized businesses as well. And it's the same in every organisation. It doesn't matter if you've got two or three people or if you've got, you know, 50,000 people. It's about having that integrated experience so everyone is talking the same language as well. Um, you know, even we've got Abby White, who's obviously a sales guru, and Abby's talking about, you know, again, people kind of go sales, but we're not salespeople. Absolutely everyone in the business is a salesperson. Everyone's a salesperson. But let's give them the tools, regardless of whether they're the cleaner, whether they're the CEO, whether they're the sales, whatever it is, let's give people tools as well. So they're actually out there, again, selling your business, selling what you do without actually selling as well. A lot of people, I think, when if they're dealing with a salesperson, again, it comes across, they kind of go, oh, gosh, a salesperson again. Um, and it's kind of that inauthentic because they're actually going out there trying to sell. Whereas someone just in the business that's just having a conversation with someone, it doesn't come across as a sales pitch. So they can be your best salesperson, um, but that's not their their actual job and their title. So we don't give them those skills as well. It's all about as well, I think, you know, we brought up when we chatted um, prior is I think we, we people are thinking very external. Like, yes. oh, well, obviously yeah. people is, is HR, so they're either like they think, oh, we're just dealing with issues and, and people's yeah. issues, so we've got to address how they feel. It's, yeah. And then they go, okay, well, then how do we, how does, how do our people go external? Whereas when I've done contracts in organisations and worked in organisations, the benefit of having relationships within the organisation and it's like how you work 
together within the organization like you said not siloing and not being like oh well we're our teams over here and you're over there it's like it was such a benefit I was in a communications role I was in a PR role but knowing what other other people in different departments well then when something came up I'd go oh yeah I know someone over there let's go talk to them exactly you know and not have this like it's almost like you have mini organizations within the organization and then that's where you get the those separate cultures in an organization as well all of those things and you know I even do it when I um you know even obviously you know safety is kind of my background and HR as well but I even when I help clients recruit if they bring a new safety person for example into a business the first thing I say to them is do not put them into their safety role straight away for the first two months put them into other parts of the business rotate them around so they get to experience the business and learn the business outside of what their role is when they go into that role then they have such a holistic view of the business they understand the operations they know the people and then when they go into their role they look at things completely differently because I think a lot of times too when we bring in people into organizations and you put them straight into their role they get again they get siloed into that role and it's very much around no this is how we do things this is what we need you to focus on and they miss that whole connection with the rest of the business and understanding the rest of the business as well. So I think one of my passions is around building those, you know, we, we talk about culture a lot, but it's about building community cultures where everyone, you know, they actually, community cultures actually enable everyone to thrive. And instead of having separate, oh, we've got a safety culture, we've got this culture, we've got that culture, we've got a sales culture. Like it's all about having that, you know, all-encompassing culture in an organization that that supports everyone regardless of what they're doing as well an ecosystem and I think probably the best thing that happened was me getting to go and it was a bigger organization getting to go to the orientation because at the orientation day there was such a diversity of roles that then later on when we went off after our few days of orientation to our various departments we still knew each other Yes. Each other in the cafe and then it'd be like, oh, I actually need to talk about something HR. I know yeah. the guy in HR or, oh, yeah. I know that person because we met yeah. at the thing. And it's like it, it, it was so valuable to build those relations. It's just about, you know, it, yeah. we connected though as people first exactly. and foremost and not just almost like otherwise it becomes almost like a networking event within the business and it's like hi I'm a this <laughs> I know it does and it's even great sometimes and I've actually done this in training course in organizations where when we've got people from all different areas we kind of do a speed dating session as well like who are they and they get 30 seconds to actually go around and talk to different people that they wouldn't normally talk to as well or interact within the business and I think just again what they learn is amazing but you know people as well we're social creatures even Mm -hmm. you know even a lot of people go oh but I'm you know I'm an introvert or whatever yeah you're an introvert but predominantly we're you know social people we like human connection yeah Mm. yeah and we crave that and I guess that's been one of the challenges with COVID as well where it's kind of you know when we didn't have that human connection and I mean we're so lucky we had technology that you could still kind of interact but it's not the same and I guess the challenge now is we've kind of got comfortable with that now and then it's like, oh, I don't want to go outside and I don't want to go back to the office and I don't want to do things. But, again, I think if you create the work environment that people actually want to come to as well, that's going to assist with that too. So, um, you know, so, yeah, so the great game of people is really about understanding people, understanding how they 
you know, they operate, how they, their needs, their wants, all of those kind of things. And then how do we layer that with all of these different aspects to look at things differently? And I think, you know, yes, the, the way work's been structured has served us well over the years. It has to change now, I think, if we really want to actually thrive as well because, you know, forcing people to come back into an office is not going to work. People are just going to leave. So what can organisations do to actually attract their people and want their people to come and work with them in the first place, to come into their office, to really thrive and And Stay with them. Yeah, exactly. So the other yeah. thing we will point out as well is like there's I think some, you know, and I asked you like who are we targeting, who 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 would yes. be coming yeah. to this? And yeah. I think the typical thing people think, oh, we'll send the HR person. But yeah. but no, it is so much more as well. And again, I guess that's one of those stereotypical things as well. And that's why we changed the name from, you know, people safety and culture redefined as well, because again, People just think, oh, it's the HR person, it's the safety person, it's, you know, the culture people, whatever it is. This is really anyone who, people leaders um, or even people wanting to become people leaders because it's going to give them the skills to actually go into a business and do things differently. Yes, the HR people, you know, but even things like internal comms people, um, you know, change managers, all of those people. It's really anyone who has anything to do with people in a business, whether it's a small business, whether if you've only got a yeah, couple business people, owners are coming. Mm. Business owners as well, right through to again those big global corporations. And and this is what I love about it. It's really bringing a diverse group of people together because we do have people who are, you know, family businesses, one or two employees, right through to we've got a couple of, you know, global companies coming as well. So and again, building that community because yeah. part of this event is it's not just the two-day event either because one of the things I was really clear in my mind when I started planning this was, and I'm like you, I've gone to so many events over the years, so many conferences where I sit there and I listen and I go, wow, that was amazing. I take lots of notes and I'm always going to do something. And then you walk out the door and then within a couple of days, life's got in the road again. It's like, oh, and they just go into a box. And when I was mm-hmm. packing up the house, I think I shredded about 10 garbage bags full of stuff that I collected over the years. I went, that was really great, but never did anything with it. Mm. So one of the things with this event too is it's we're going to be doing actual workshops where people will be actually doing some work. So you're not just going to be sitting there just listening. You're actually going to be doing, doing. some work. So everyone will leave with tangible assets as well. But also extends beyond that too because we've got an amazing um, metaverse as well, so a virtual world that everyone who comes to it will get access to. And then that virtual world actually enables them to continue those building those relationships as well. You can go in and you can chat to people in the virtual world as well. You can go into a wellbeing class. There's a wellbeing hub where you can do daily yoga, Pilates, whatever it is. Um, we're going to have monthly lunch and learns um, running through that as well that you all get access. Well, everyone that comes to the, the seminar gets access to it for free as well. And it's just, again, really about it's not just because we know two days, you walk out, you leave, all great intentions, and then you just don't get to do it. But over 12 months, just being able to engage with people and just go back through and just learn more things and reinforce what we've learned share your challenges, share your wins with everyone that was in that group. Again, it's creating that community that I think mm. is going to support one another that, or everyone that comes 
to make the changes as well. I love that. That's such a value add. And yeah, I would just say, like, come back to the point of when you said there was people with one or two employees coming. You know, you and I were both at um, Movers and Breakers and I interviewed uh, Lauren from I Love Linen. And one of the things she said that really stuck with me and it's something that I've really neglected in my journey to 13 business, 13 years in business, and it's really only been the last two and a half since I had my son where I'm like, oh, okay, I really can't do all this for myself. Yeah. Thinking about growth before it happens. And for Lauren, it happened really quickly and then she was not quite ready. And so although you might be a smaller micro business now, it's like thinking, where do I want to go? And team is such an important thing and having the right people, the right structure, it doesn't have to be full-time, everybody, uh, whether even, and I didn't view my team as, I have I have people who do outs, um, subcontracting or, yes. yeah. um, you know, very, very uh, casual hours. I didn't view them as my team. It was only yeah. someone said it to me maybe six months ago and I was like, oh, my gosh, like I haven't, didn't view myself as an organisation. No, um, so it's such think, a big reframe. So I think it is. And I think, I think about the future. Things that we fall into that trap of and, you know, so many businesses can just grow so quickly. You know, you might be operating at just you for a very long time and then suddenly overnight that can flip and you need, and whether it is, you know, you're outsourcing and you've got virtual assistants or whether you're actually using contractors or employing people, Again, preparing for that growth, I experienced it as well. And, um, you know, I guess that's one of the things that you learn so much as well over the years in business as well. And you kind of go, I want to share that knowledge so no one else makes the same mistake that I did. For years, I kind of, you know, and again, it was hard trying to get staff as well and get really good staff that I guess you could rely on as well. And I know that's a challenge for a lot of people at the moment. But then it's suddenly when you get them and everything's in your head, Yes, don't have it out there. And then you've got these people coming in and, you know, you're kind of behind the eight ball as well. So you're constantly playing catch up. And then when you're doing that, it can be really hard because you're still there trying to focus on growing the business, doing all these things. Suddenly you've got these people relying on you as well. So I think you're absolutely right. It's about, you know, sitting down and thinking, and it might be that you might only grow to two or three people. That's okay. You might grow to 20. You still need a culture Exactly. And even a lot of the skills that you'll learn at this event as well, even if you don't employ people and don't grow your business you can use them in the way you engage with your clients as well mm-hmm. you know a lot of times you know leadership and things like that again we think about it oh it's managing our people in our business but a lot of times the leadership as well it's about being a thought leader in the industry your clients will see you as that it's about you know it's even self-leadership. self-leadership as well so there's so many again it's those transferable skills that sometimes mm. I think we get stuck in our heads that oh, no, this is for this, this is for that. It's about looking at things differently as well. So if I guess one thing I really want everyone to get out of this, you know, this event and, you know, the 12 months, I guess, of building this community as well as it's about challenging the way we think about things, looking at things differently as well, just because we've done things the way we've done them for years and they may be working, which is okay, doesn't mean we can't do it better or differently. Um, so it's about really, I guess, opening people's minds up to, different ways of doing things again I know that in a lot of bigger organizations there's kind of that fear sort of coming in people going oh yeah but if we start integrating things then what does that mean for my job Mm. Um, but it's not it's about redefining again how we do things it's you know you still need skill sets in the business 
But a lot of times we have people stuck in jobs that they're not overly happy with, but that's what they do. But they get so protective because they think that that's all they can do. So, again, it's redefining things and looking going, you know what, a bit like your friend, great at not-for-profit or whatever, now she's in IT. There's people Mm. in businesses that are like that as well. And I think, you know, it is very much about just opening people's minds up to think about things differently when it comes to people and Unless we're in a robotics business where everything is robots, we're always going to have people in our business. Always going to have going. people. It's yeah. always going to be important. I love it. Yeah. And look, least of which, uh, we're a hoot. Uh, D yeah. is a hoot. Uh, a bunch of the speakers I know personally, they're amazing. Yeah. We're going to have a good time. So we're going we're to have energy. <laughs> so you want to yeah. come and have a great couple of days with some awesome people and learn some amazing things. Um, I'm always there for a good time. So I say yeah. just come because it'll be fun. Absolutely. It's going to be April 26th to 27th in Sydney at Luna Park. At Luna Park. Epic. Very excited for that. Very Amazing location. So even, you know, in our breaks and we're having networking drinks in the evening, you get to overlook beautiful Sydney Harbour. So if you get nothing else out of it, but we know you'll get lots of it out of it anyway, but you get to enjoy the beautiful Sydney Harbour as well. Yes. And you can go to Luna Park afterwards if you want to. If you want to go on that's all good. Well, at one of our wonderful speakers, Jen Bicknell and I were on rides at Movie World after the Business Chicks conference. So I think, yeah. Um, yeah. Jen, I'm lining you up right now for, yeah. for that. I, I she will absolutely be on the roller coaster. <laughs> meetings on the fer- yes. oh, yeah, on the roller coaster, meetings on yeah. the Ferris wheel. Like, let's do business differently. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Making a business deal as, as you go and, around the Ferris wheel. I love it. You know what? This is one of the things in business too. I think sometimes we take things too seriously as well. And again, if you think about human beings, we love having fun. And if people are having fun, they're going to take in more information and retain more information as well. If people, are, and that's why I use Lego a lot when I do training courses as well. And I know this is kind of a bit off track, but we probably, Lego might come into the event as well. Um, when people are actually using their hands and doing things and having fun, they're actually taking in more information because they're activating more neurons in their brain. So I think I even use it sometimes for like compliance training, safety compliance training. And people are like, how can you incorporate that into it? And then it's like, you know what, by people doing this and you reframing the way you're teaching them and they're having fun, they're actually going to take more information into it. I used to have people then wanting to come back to safety training, whereas before they'd never wanted to come. It was like going, come on, you've got to come in. You had to drag them into the room because normally it was death by PowerPoint. But suddenly it was fun. And when it's fun, people are in flow. People are enjoying it. People are going to retain that information as well. So Luna Park, we may actually do that. We might have a session where we go out and have some fun on some rides during the day. Because again, having fun, it's going to activate the brains and it's going to re-energize everyone as well. So there's going to be lots of little surprises throughout the two days as well um, that we're going to keep under wraps at the moment. Um, but it's going to be a great learning experience for everyone. And again, it's, it's about that connection. It's about that learning. Um, and it's about creating as well. It's about creating different experiences for people. I love it. I'm just and like picturing the- now my doing my my keynote with people like going around the Ferris wheel with me, like a megaphone at the bottom, yes. like shouting out my talk. <laughs> so when you think about yeah. <laughs> just I was just totally completely busted. Anyway, that yeah. could be uh, logistically might be a nightmare, but we'll figure it out. 
We'll figure we, it out. We're going to put everything yeah. in the show notes, but please tell us how do we get in contact with you? So um, to get in contact with me, if you want to know more about the, the event, it has its own website, greatgameofbusiness.com. So you can go there as well. And if you want to contact me, um, InSync Workplace Solutions is my main business. Um, I You can jump on our website, connect with me through LinkedIn. I'm not great on Facebook and Instagram, but I am on there. So you can reach me through that. But I, if I don't respond straight away, it's just because I'm hopeless at that stuff. Yeah. I'm sure Emma's going to teach me more. I'm, I'm going to help you. Yeah, that's, that that's as my, well. my role. Um, but on LinkedIn, um, shoot me an email, give me a call. Um, happy just to jump on and have a chat about anything as well. Always love to have a chat with everyone too. And she is, she's D, but she's Deanne Balls on LinkedIn. Yes. And we've got the, the Great Game of People Summit, which you can find on LinkedIn or at the website. We'll put it all in the show notes. Thank you so much. Um, I always love our conversations. They always are just uh, so thought-provoking and insightful. And I love your colourful career and that you're making, you've made it possible to show that you can, you you can really do anything and it, you can start over here and end up over here and it, yeah. it can be incredible. Exactly. I think the only thing that limits you is yourself. So, and if people say, what are you doing? Or you can't do that. That makes me more determined to go and do it as well. So. Um, Why was this simple? I know. Just tell me I, I can't watch me. Exactly. So if anyone is sitting there going, oh, I can't do this or I can't do that or, you know, whatever, just no, you can do absolutely anything you want to, um, you know, think back to my report cards you know, Deanna's made minimal effort talkative and, you know, I wasn't going to amount to much according to my teachers. And I just look at myself now and go, well, screw you teachers you <laughs> about me. So yeah. You do um, you, baby. Exactly. But thank you so much, Emma. I always love chatting to you. I can't wait to have you um, present about personal branding as well at the summit, because like I said, I think people just don't think about it in corporates um, or in even in small businesses. Sometimes mm-hmm. they don't about branding as well they think about business branding but they don't think about personal branding and again people like to do business with people and people they trust so I think it is such a key thing and it fits so well with what we're trying to achieve here about disrupting the way that we do things and rehumanizing workplaces as well because it's just we're humans we are humans humans yeah. and You're an adorable human and I can't wait to spend time with you. Thank you for today. Thank you. Thanks, Em. Bye. Thank you for joining me today for another episode of Live and Love Your Brand. I'm so grateful that you've shared your time by listening today. That means so much to me. And if you're loving what you're learning, I would be so appreciative if you'd leave a review, rate this podcast and subscribe. It really shows me that you care, but it also helps other listeners to find us too. Again, please be sure to connect with me. I love hearing from you and getting to know your story. You can connect with me on Instagram at lovelycoms, Facebook, Lovely Communications, and please do join the gorgeous community, Live and Love Your Brand, our Facebook group. Or if you're ready to take action now and want to improve how you show up in the world with your brand, then head on over to lovelycommunications.com. Again, lovely is L-O-V-E-L-L-Y, communications.com, to learn how you can work with me. My clients have gone on to experience opportunities that they could never have dreamed of. From starting businesses to taking leadership in their own life, they have found the confidence to stand in who they are and to go wholeheartedly after what they truly want in life. And I want that for you too. 
If you're ready to invest in yourself and reconnect with who you are, then let's chat. Thank you again for listening. Now go into the world and share the beauty that is the uniqueness of you. Catch you next week, lovely.